Hello, and welcome back to the Curious Ones podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Curious One podcast. I'm so excited to bring you this episode today. In this conversation, I sit down with Australian fitness trainer, Sophie Allen. Through both Sophie's personal platform of over 360,000 followers and her program, Train With Soph, Sophie helps women around the world build lifelong results in their health and fitness journey. During our conversation, we went well beyond just health and fitness. We also covered what Sophie's life was like prior to working for herself, the importance of having a growth mindset, as well as the inspiration behind Train With Soph, what her biggest challenges have been both personally and within her business, her advice to upcoming fitness coaches or entrepreneurs, healing our childhood wounds, how she navigates hate on her page, and as always, so much more. I can honestly sit here and say that Sophie is such a down-to-earth person. I really enjoyed our conversation and I left feeling so inspired. So with that being said, I hope you do too. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. Okay, as always, I always start my episode saying I'm so excited, but um, I genuinely am. And I'm very excited for this conversation. Even um, it's always interesting when I don't do like an initial call before the recording, like we literally just met. And so it's always interesting to like kind of see the vibe. And already I just feel like so comfortable with you. And it's kind of crazy because if I'm being completely honest, you are like you have the biggest platform or the biggest following of the, like the person. You're the first person I've I've met with such a big platform. Wow. That was hard for me. And so I was like, I don't know. I I know, I know like some of your close friends, like I've met them through podcasting or, or in Australia. So I was like, I'm sure she's going to be fine because her friends are fucking awesome. And so I was like, I wasn't that nervous, but I was just still kind of like, "Uh." so anywho, we have Sophie Allen on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Um, it's a pleasure to chat. I'm glad you swore because that's always a concern oh, when yeah. you jump on podcasts and it just kind of comes out and you're like, oh, do I just keep going? Like, is right. it awkward now? But, you know, you've broken the ice with swearing. Um, <laughs> no, I'm really glad to be on the podcast and I'm, you know, following honestly means nothing. Like we're all, you know, whatever, just people, just a lot of people kind of see what I get up to in life. So (laughs) no, it's great. And I mean, and you run a business and people follow your business and things like that, which we will get into. Um, and so I often ask my guests themselves, like, can you share a little bit about yourself, some things you're passionate about, but I do like to maybe give a, a bit of background to you and not be a bad host, but, um, so you're a fitness trainer and you're also the owner of train with soap, but I really struggle, um, to really kind of like introduce a guest because, Earlier, we were talking about some of the topics and questions I want us to chat about, and you spoke about one, which we will get into, that is more of a difficult topic, talking about like our proud moments. But I also find like pitching yourself is something hard too. Like when you ask the question, I'm like, tell us about yourself. 
that can be a very difficult question. So if you could just share maybe some things about you, some things you're passionate about, you're interested in, um, etc. Yeah, I love, you know, I was gonna say, I love this question. I'm like, I actually don't because when people say to me, like, what do you do? I'm always so awkward because I'm like, oh, I do like a whole lot of things and like social media because like saying influencer has such a bad rap and I'm not really an influencer. But (laughs) the reason I've been saying this a lot is because I've like kind of started dating and I feel like it's good practice for podcasts, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like hash it out now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's the recap. All right. So I am... 31 I had to think for a second I'm 31 years old I am Australian if you can't tell from the accent and I have a social media platform on Instagram and YouTube I've recently got into TikTok Um, I'm a qualified PT but my background is in architecture I went to uni and studied architecture and got my bachelor in that and then I went back and got my got my marketing degree because I was really unsure of what it was I actually wanted to do. And that's kind of something cool to chat about because so many people feel like, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do? I should know. Like all these people know what they want to do. I had no idea, like literally no idea. And I would ask myself in architecture, like when I was working, I'd be like, what am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? Why don't I know? This is so annoying. Something's wrong with me. And I kept having this chat with my dad and he was like, you just need to keep doing things because that'll lead you to like what you want to do. And so within architecture, there was an element of like design and marketing that I really liked, which is why I went back to uni. And then through that, I got an internship at an influencer marketing company and I loved the job. But on the side, I was, you know, really unhappy with my body and, and got into training and fitness. And I was like, whoa, I really love this. And that's why I got qualified and sort of started, you know, what you see today. Um, but that all came from a result of trying things, hating it, failing, and thinking I was a really bad worker and had really bad work ethic, but it was just the fact that I wanted to do my own thing and not work for people. So I suppose that's a bit of a a recap. I know um, you sort of mentioned some traveling stuff as well. I can talk to that as well if you're interested. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Yeah, so um, I love to travel. So I spent a lot of my 20s um, traveling living abroad. I, when I finished school, I went straight to the UK and lived in Oxford um, for a year doing, you know, the typical Aussie gap year where you go to a school and you're basically a nanny and get paid very minimal amount of money. And you just live on alcohol and cheap food and travel around in the school holidays. So I did that. It was a very unhealthy year of my life. I was very homesick. I was, you know, 18 years old, looking after 50 kids And it was like a very overwhelming thing to do straight out of school. Um, But I suppose I grew up a lot and then I came back and I went to uni, I got my degree and then I went to Europe again just for a holiday. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to Canada. So I went to Canada. I just, I make these weird random decisions. Yeah. Represent Canada. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And I just went to Canada again, typical Aussie, did a snow season in um, Big White and that was incredible. And then I traveled around America and then I came back and um, yeah, that's sort of, I've been really lucky to do a lot of travel. It's just something that I've prioritized in my twenties. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for that now, given we can't travel. So I guess that's 
I said I was going to keep it short, but that's kind of the long spiel of where we're at so far. <laughs> well, I also don't want it short. Like it's a podcast. I want to know, oops, sorry, this information. And so I found it interesting. Like I didn't know about like the internship because obviously I've been following you for a bit. And so like I've tried to like keep up with your story. And and so like I knew about the architecture, but that's there were so many parts there that I didn't really know. I didn't know how they kind of went along. And I also mm-hmm. think it's important to like to talk about like these experiences that you had and like living in other countries and things like that, because they make you who you are today. It's not just like the the jobs you had or like the schooling you have. It's also the experiences you had, you know, and, and that's something that I really try and pride myself in because I don't feel like I went down the conventional path. I never went to university, but I went through like life school, I feel like. So I always try and like find opportunities within my life to like learn, I guess. I don't know. So I, I like hearing about these like little things that added into someone's journey for sure. So thanks for sharing. I love it too. Like, and I love hearing about, you know, people's struggles, not because I celebrate mm. people struggling, but because you can relate to it and you're like, oh my God, like you're in such a successful place now, but you went through all this shit to get there as well. Like I can literally, there's a conversation in my head that I had over the weekend with um, my friends, Don and Till, who you had on the podcast before. And Don was talking about, you know, some struggles that he had early on in the business and how he learned a lot of financial lessons early on. Cause he was talking about, you know, this is what I do with my finances. And I was like, in my head, like, oh my God, how does he know all this shit? Like, I don't know this. And then he went back and explained and I was like, oh, cool. Like, he learned through failing and like messing yeah. up. So it just makes you feel a bit more human, I think. 100%. I know. And like, that's that's another reason behind this podcast and like why I love interviewing people such as you, Don and Till, like people that I view as successful for many reasons, not just like financially and like career-wise, but just you guys are pursuing your passions and are able to, what it seems like, like indulge in your passions for the majority of your day, usually through your work, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, like John and Till, that's the best part is like, you look at stacks now, you're like, wow, this company is just completely taken off overnight success and things like that. Whereas like through our conversation, I understood it's taken them eight years to get to where they are now for many years. It was like an uphill climb. And then now their warehouse is what 12 times the one they were just in. And like, so it's cool to strip it back and it gives people hope too. And like, especially Don sharing, he was in like $80,000 of debt when he started yeah. stacks. It's like anyone can do this. And, and kind of what we were saying at the beginning, you're like, I'm just a normal person. And it's like these people we put on these pedestals, they're human too. And that's, to me, that's hopeful. Like, I'm like, cool. Like these, like Bill Gates poops. Like that's fine. We <laughs> we're human too. I mean, he's another level, but anywho. <laughs> So yeah, that's just why I, part of why I started the podcast as well. So yeah, that was my, that was my little tangent for a bit. There'll be another one. So, okay. So before you started, like um, you said you were working in an influencer, you're working for influencer marketing. Is that right? So you completely transitioned out of architecture? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I went back to uni and, and did a post-grad marketing certificate, which was literally six months and you mm-hmm. could either continue and get your master's or you know, just have that cert. And I was like, you know what? I don't need my master's to get into marketing. I've got this internship. And then, you know, it was three months internship and then they took me on full time. So it was a little Mm -hmm. startup um, in Australia and they're, you know, absolutely killing it. Like they're about to go public now. Um, They've opened up in London and America. So it was really cool to be part of a startup um, because I've never, you know, I, I suppose you say I've worked in corporate in the sense that I worked in an office that like had set timelines, like times that you start and finish, mm-hmm. but architectures, you know, it's in the creative industry. So it's a bit different. 
it was a small firm that I was at. And then this was a startup. I was like the 11th hire or something like that. So I got to see a business go from startup phase to growth phase. And then I left before it went to, you know, the next phase, which was like going public and going global. Although I did actually, um, you know, get to implement a lot of strategies for the team when they launched in London, which was really cool. But their skills that I've been able to take into my own business and be like, cool, you know, this is how we set up processes and this is how we onboard, you know, new people joining the team. And those were skills like, I, I just don't believe that anything is a waste of time or to have any regrets because you can always extract some kind of skill from something you've done. And I think people focus on this is a waste of time because it's not mm-hmm. what I'm passionate about. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't have gone to architecture and gone back to do marketing and got that internship and then picked up those skills and contacts at the influencer marketing place. It's um, the business wasn't necessarily me working one-on-one with influencers, as you see now, they're kind of a disruptor to the industry where they're an app that connects brands and influencers direct instead of being the Mm. traditional kind of one-on-one, like you've got an agent who then speaks to the influencer and you have no relationship there. So Mm. it's just like an easy way for influencers to promote brands and like more so micro-influencers. Um, but yeah, I picked up heaps, heaps of skills there and um, that was a really, I suppose, pivotal part of my journey. And it's also part of the, one of the reasons that brought me to Sydney um, other than next boyfriend at the time, but they just opened up in Sydney and that's why I moved to Sydney uh, four and a half years ago. Okay. That's, that's so interesting. I, I completely agree with you. Like it, it is weird now, even as like I go along my journey some things like come up in life or like in a job that I never thought would like come back around in a way. I don't know. Like I, when I was in Australia, I did a bunch of different jobs and like I did woofing and things like that. And yet, like, even when I was in my corporate job, I remember talking about like these random experiences I had had in Australia in the corporate job. And it's kind of like what kind of pushed me to land it in a way, not really, but do you know what I mean? Like, or, or just like certain small skills that you learn, or as you said, context, it's like, it's so crazy how at the time you, yeah, you really don't think it's much, but then maybe sometimes even five years later, you're like, wow, that thing that I learned or I saw or experienced, I'm using it now in my day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that growth mindset is really important to apply to your situations because it's so easy to have something go a way that you didn't anticipate or want it to go and be like, oh, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, having a growth mindset is very much like, what can I learn from this? What can I take onto the next, you know, part of my journey? How is this going to sort of influence or create opportunities in another way? I think, I think it's very different now, you know, when I, like I'm a millennial. So when I was at uni, it was very much the common sort of thing to do. Whereas now with like Gen Zers and stuff, I feel like the common thing to do is is to start your own business. And I think this is a conversation we need to have because people put pressure on themselves to, I have to chase my passion. I have to create my own business. And it's like, well, no, you don't. Maybe that looks cool on social media. It's actually really hard. And we need people that are workers that work mm. for people, people that are, you know, business creators yeah. and they're, they're distinctly different people and it doesn't make you better or worse than the other I've just taken Mm -hmm. this conversation a whole different tangent but no I drop in (laughs) I love it and I completely agree with you because I had this conversation with um someone yeah that I've kind of like networked with in a bit and he's the same he left his corporate job and I was kind of to be honest I was kind of like bashing this corporate job that we were in and I was like yeah like people just 
just want to do this because I just, I know I'm not one of those people that fit into that cookie cutter. And he was saying, he's like, but we need these people in to, to do this job. And there's nothing wrong with it because success looks different to everyone as well. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like I just sounded like I was just shitting on that space, but I didn't mean it that way. Um, I just, yeah, it's just, it, it is interesting. Also two people of different values. Um, and they, again, just see, define success in many different ways. So yeah, I think that that is a very important point that we don't talk about anymore. And yeah, this whole productivity hustle culture is like so praised nowadays and it can be detrimental. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So we spoke a bit about to your fitness journey. I want to unbox that a little bit. So you're saying at the time, um, you're just not really feeling comfortable with your body. So what kind of really pushed you or what did the beginning of your journey look like in regards to your mm-hmm. health and wellness? Yeah. So I think like so many people, you, you, we do tend to start out from a place of hate and wanting to make a change because we're not happy with what we see. So many health and fitness journeys don't really start because of health. It's actually unhealth. You know, mm-hmm. I hate what I look like. It's not, oh, I want to feel stronger and I want to feel, it's usually I want to feel confident and I want to look smaller. So people relate the two to being, you know, the answer. Whereas if you start focusing on how can I, you know, be healthy, like, I don't move my body enough or I don't eat enough vegetables or micronutrients in my diet, that would actually make a huge impact or I don't sleep enough or I stress a lot. Like there's so many parts of health that a lot of people just don't understand because these conversations aren't being had either. I mean, they are a lot more now, they're a lot more prevalent, but the media historically pushes, you know, leanness and abs equals health. And that's such a damaging image so of course I was looking at myself as not having abs and I was a small person like naturally I'm quite a small person but I just I didn't feel confident and I didn't like what I saw because of course I was comparing myself to magazines because social media wasn't that big a thing at the time Um, I'd also gone through a lot of sort of weight gain when I moved to the UK it was like first time living out of home and eating a lot of UK foods and just kind of, you know, a totally different lifestyle. Um, I'd gained a whole lot of weight from that. When I came back, I just kind of dropped it because I just went back to my normal life. And then when I got back from Canada again, I'd, I'd gained a bunch of weight and there were just a lot of things sort of personally going on, feeling totally lost in life, working in retail, being really directionless. And that was before I got my architecture job and started moving things forward a bit more. And so it was at that point that I was like, you know what, I'm really unhappy with what I see. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, Kayla Itzinas and her, um, back then it was BBG, Bikini Body Guide. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so she, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I saw on Instagram all these transformation pictures and was like, whoa, like those girls are getting insane transformations. Maybe this is what I've got to do. And so I started doing that guide and it was just like home workouts five days a week or something. And I just managed to be consistent with that. So previously I tried to do like, I would run because I thought, you know, cardio was the answer. I had no concept of energy balance and food. So I never changed my food, my eating habits and I'd run and I'd hate it and I wouldn't stick to it. But for this, for some reason, I was just able to stick to it because it was like 20 minutes. I'd get up before work. I'd do it in my lounge room and then I'd ride my bike to work. Like I was you know, pretty active at that time. And I started getting results and was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is working. Like I'm starting to get leaner. I'm starting to feel confident. Um, 
and then I guess there was, you know, unhealthy aspects of that because I started my Instagram account and I so badly wanted to be like shared on Kayla's page because that was like the ultimate um, reinforcement that I'd done a good job. Mm. And so that then became addictive because I did get shared on that page um, and just going back a bit, the reason I started my own account was because I'd been so inspired by the women I saw sharing their transformations that I really wanted to be that for someone else. I wanted to show someone it was possible. And I just remember so vividly my goal being like, if I can just impact one person, I'm going to feel so good. Like I'm going to be so happy that I can show them that it's doable because I didn't think it was. And then I did it too. Um, So that's what started the account, getting shared on Kayla's page back then, a share on a bigger account would get you so many followers. I went from like a few hundred to 3000 overnight. Oh my goodness. um, Yeah. So that was, you know, that was what started it. And then it just got to the point where I was like, you know what, this isn't doing much for me anymore. The kind of body I want. I, I remember again, the conversation thinking, I think I have to go to the gym and lift weights. That seems to be what a lot of people are doing. And so I got into that world and calorie and macro counting and you know I just found some girl on Instagram to do my calories and she totally gutted them to 1450 and Mm. and I lost my period and I got so skinny I was so weak um yeah I've got pictures of it and I just look skinny but it wasn't enough I was like oh my body fat percentage is 20 on some you know in body scan that's that's not accurate I'm training six days a week I wasn't focused on performance or strength or fueling my body I just thought that's what I had to do and that's really what developed the passion for educating myself and learning the best practices and then that just started a whole entire journey for me from you know getting super lean to rebounding to then competing to then rebounding again to then getting lean again to then rebounding again like just this cycle of really unhealthy practices and that's really why I created Train With Surf because I don't want women to go through what I went through. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, but there's also a lot of great information out there and just trying to add to the great information to help people. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. It is, uh, I don't know like if, if it's just me or like what I see on the media, but I feel like like a lot of women share a similar journey of like, they're working so hard in the gym. Like I'm training six days a week. I'm, I'm doing my workout and then I'm biking to work and then I'm going on a walk after or going for a swim. And, and like, that was me because like that, 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 that was definitely me for years. And I would eat healthy. So I'd only eat like whole foods. I was eating a plant-based diet, but knew nothing about protein, thought that 40, I only needed 40 grams a day. Like you know what I mean? And then I had a partner at the time that was really into like bodybuilding. And I was like, that is wrong. That is evil. Like, and like now my current partner is a physique coach and, but it's, it's taken even me like on that journey, I can now implement like my, I'm also a holistic nutritionist. So I kind of try and pair that with like, when I am proper training, when the gyms are open in Canada, they're kind of in and out right now. But anyways, implementing the two of like, if it fits your macros, it is not if it fits your macros, but I just mean being aware of, as you said, um, is it energy balance of like, I need to like, if I I don't know how, how much protein, like I can't look at a piece of chicken and know how much protein that is. Like I do need to weigh it to ensure that I'm eating enough even rather than like this whole notion of like eating less. So it's, 
completely been a game changer when I've met women like Micah and I started following like your page of these women just really kind of disrupting this whole health and wellness space of being like, no, you won't get bulky by lifting weights. No, you can build a physique. You know what I mean? I, I, I always wanted my body to look a certain way and, and, and I would always try and want a certain part of my body, which was always my stomach to look a specific way. But it wasn't until I started lifting weights that literally in like weeks, I saw way more transformation than I did from years running on the freaking elliptical or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Totally. And I think it, it can feel really counterintuitive to a lot of women because we have been told that eating less and doing more will garner better results, you know, better mm-hmm. results, I say in inverted commas. But for what most women want, which is to feel confident and to build some shape in their body and yeah, to be leaner around like their midsection and certain parts of their body. Um, often it's like eating more food, not like, you know, overeating and eating a whole lot of crap, but like eating food to fuel what you're doing day to day, because when you're under eating, that's putting a lot of stress on the body, which is causing inflammation. We're going to have shitty sessions because our energy is going to be low. And like, living on low calories long-term is really bad for the body. And, you know, I can say that because I've been there for so long. And so it sounds very counterintuitive to say like eat more and do less. And people are like, but how? It's like, you know what? The goal with any kind of transformation or diet phase I have with my women is like, okay, let's try and eat as much as possible and do as little as possible. So then if things do start to slow down, you've got a lot of room to, you know, pull out these tools, like taking a bit of food out and it's not like you're eating, you know, a thousand calories or adding Mm -hmm. a little bit of cardio or adding another training session. But for me, my like happy spot is like three training sessions a week because I like pump the intensity and I just recover because I have a highly stressful job and lifestyle. And that's, you know, you have to balance your training and your nutrition with your lifestyle. It's not like, oh, okay, fit my lifestyle to my training nutrition, Mm. unless you're an elite, elite athlete where that makes sense. And that's your job. Like you're really, you know, should be training for the purpose of overall health and mental well-being and strength. And these are the things that are going to help you actually maintain it for your whole life and not just like your 12 week dieting phase that you want to achieve this goal. And then you expect to be able to maintain that for the rest of your life. Um, so yeah, I really love having these conversations. Obviously I'm very passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's great. And I think that people like you who have so much more knowledge on it, who have done it, who have the results, like you have the experience behind you. I'm so grateful that you guys are speaking out and sharing so much informative content. And even like, I'm not part of train with self, but I still gain so much value from your page, from the free stuff that you do put out. And even just you sharing about your experiences and, and maybe the obstacles you've overcome or the wins you've had. So transitioning to that what was kind of that final push to after you kind of maybe gone along on your journey to begin helping other women and to create train with self yeah so hang on sorry actually maybe do you want to just like plug a little bit about what train with self is for anyone that isn't familiar as well sorry should have said that earlier (laughs) no that's fine um so train with self is it's an online coaching platform I've got it's a membership thing and there's an app and it's custom training nutrition programs for the gym, for home, whatever your goals are for building for weight loss. But I'm very passionate about building a lifestyle and creating habits. So 
I know there's, you know, I've run challenges. I maybe do like one or two a year. That's more just to help motivate and keep people accountable. And it's very education-based. So when they do the challenges, it's like every week there's an educational video of me collaborating with an expert on, say, you know, a dietitian or a physiotherapist or gut health just to help people really build and reinforce uh, the habit of actually making this part of your lifestyle and avoiding those fluctuating highs and lows of like doing an extreme diet in a challenge and then coming out not knowing what to do. So teaching them about reverse dieting. Um, But that's, you know, the main focus of TWS is just being on board for, you know, ongoing. So creating a lifestyle that it's part of your life. You know, you train, you, you eat, you're able to eat out. You're not scared to eat out. You're not restricting food groups. It's a very community-based kind of thing. So it's a global platform and there's as much support as you need. You know, there's the community support. They can email me at any time. We change programs to fit the girls' needs. Um, we support them with their decision-making like, oh, should I should I cut a bit longer? Or should I take a diet break or should I go into a building phase? Like it's all very much kind of end-to-end supporting them at whatever stage they're at. If they're a beginner, if they're an advanced trainer, if they want to do training only or nutrition only, like, it's a very supportive kind of thing, um, space and community. And, you know, there's a lot of, as I said, educational videos, cause that's something I'm really passionate about and just helping women feel empowered through the education and through getting strong and just keeping things really simple. So they don't have to do all these like extra, like I don't even program cardio. They want to do cardio. Great. There's optional circuits and stuff in there for them. But we just, we go to the gym, we do our session and we just live our lives and we get results that way. And that's something I'm super passionate about because like I said, I've been through all the different phases, all the fluctuations, and I just want to make it simple for people so they can keep living their life. Cause not everyone's a fitness influencer that can go and spend three hours at the gym, you know, six days a week. Yeah. It's just it's realistic. <laughs> that's awesome. And so what was the inspiration behind that to like really create out there? So it's how it started. It's, you know, like any business where you, you start off doing, you know, throwing some shit at the wall and seeing what (laughs) sticks. So I quit my job. I'd actually, like I said to you, I'm not sure if we said this on air or not, but I do think, I don't do things in halves. Like I have this tendency to make these big sort of life changing decisions like that. I think there's a lot of thought in the lead up, but then I just make the decision and kind of go all in on it. So I ask you a question on that quick. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just curious. Do you think that part of it has something to do? Like, do you feel very, because I know like books and things that you post about, and I think some of your interests, but do you feel really comfortable with yourself, like your values and your goals? Do you think that kind of helps with your decision-making or am I going on a completely different direction with that? Well, I think now I do. Now mm-hmm. I'm a lot clearer on my path and I'm a lot more confident in my decision-making and knowing that I will be able to back up any decision I make and I don't get myself into strife. Um, but back then, you know, I didn't really have much money. I didn't really have a safety net or anything per se. I just kind of jumped mm-hmm. and like swam and just kind of figured, figured it out. I think I'm probably more cautious now because I feel like I have more to lose. Mm. Um, so I make more sort of thought through decisions from a business perspective, at least. Mm. Um, in my personal life, I'm probably a little bit more adventurous. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I literally went to Sydney for a 10-day holiday and decided I'm moving back there. I'm <laughs> now in Melbourne. I've got a lease that I'm about to sign and I'm going to buy a dog. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> I just do shit. It's, it's yeah. so weird. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, I wanted to ask that. I'm just, I didn't mean to like cut into your stream there. <laughs> no, not at all. I, lo- no, I love it. If there's a, if anything pops up that you think is interesting, <laughs> by yeah. all means. Okay, sweet. Um, <laughs> so even with this, you know, I, I'd gone to Thailand and I was with an, a friend who was doing the same thing. She's a fitness influencer and she was like, just do it. Like, just quit. Like you can do it. And I was like, oh, I just had in my mind oh, but I, I should wait until I get to 100,000 followers. For some reason, I had safety in that number thinking I needed that to be able to succeed. And at the time I had maybe 80,000 and she was like, it doesn't matter, like you can do it. Just start out doing like one-on-one programs or something. And I was like, okay. And so the seed had been planted. I literally got back from Thailand. I got to work and I was like, I quit. <laughs> it was so <laughs> random and they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go all in on this. I had no plan. I had no money saved. I didn't know. I wasn't set up as like a company. I had like a sole trader and I was like, okay, cool. I'm doing this. So I just started out doing like, I would open spots at the start of the week for writing programs and I would release, you know, I would cap it at say 10 for the first week. Cause I was like, oh shit. Like I, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to take. Yeah. And so it took like a whole week and I would get these programs done and then I'd open up spots again the next week and just do programs on like Excel spreadsheet. Like it was so basic. I didn't have any branding or anything done. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like proper or legit. It was just scrappy, but I was just starting. And then from there, I was kind of like, okay, I want to do something that's like going to help more people instead of just this one-on-one kind of you know, exchanging my time for just one person. Mm-hmm. I never really, you know, wanted to do the one-on-one thing as much as I love connecting with people and chatting to people. I want to help a lot of people with my message. So I felt like from a business perspective, that made sense. And also from the kind of lifestyle I wanted to lead, it made sense. So I started creating these PDF guides, which were kind of very popular in terms of like a lot of influencers were doing it. And funny I actually launched it on Black Friday not knowing it was Black Friday and I was like oh (laughs) I I think I priced them really high and I was like this is real like they did well of course but I kind of expected more and I was like oh that's a bit disappointing and then my friend was like it's Black Friday people want to sail I was like oh (laughs) and there was no kind of hype or build up like I you know I had a lot to learn and I, I still do but hype and stuff is really important for launching something and so is you know timing making sure it's not on a holiday where people are expecting yeah yeah, the one day you want to sail (laughs) (laughs) so you know I I've had a lot of things like that where I've failed so anyway basically from there I've then moved into rebranding as a company and train with Soph I'm actually going through a new rebrand which is you heard it here first um yeah I'm rebranding the the name and the colors and everything because I've got this next project coming out but that's that's really exciting but yeah currently it is the app and um yeah that's it, it was honestly just a culmination of all of my errors I wanted to package and prevent women from going through the same thing and just help them like I said simplify the whole process and that's why I created train with so 
to answer your it. question. <laughs> I, I think it was great. Uh, you wanted to be kind of like what you needed, I guess, at the start of your journey. Is that right? Would you say? Exactly. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm me back then is my ideal client, you know, someone mm. who is whether they're, you know, kind of intermediate, they're into their training or they're newer to it and they just want some good advice. And, you know, there's, I say said at the start, I don't have regrets and I don't, but if I could do it all over again, I would do it very differently. But again, all of my errors have taken me to where I am today to be able to pass on this information and also really understand the clients that I do Mm. that do come on train with so because I'm like yep I've been there I've been at every stage of your journey and I understand it so it's a good thing but it would be nice to have bypassed a lot of the pain that I went through and the you know negative headspace stuff the body image stuff but had I not gone through it in that way I would have gone through it in some other way so I Mm -hmm. mean I'm happy with where I'm at today I love that. And I love you saying like, if, if it didn't happen in that way, it would another, I'm reading a book at the moment. And it's kind of like, it's like fiction. I rarely, rarely read fiction, but it's called the midnight library. And it kind of, they go through, it's a person that like is about to pass away and they go through their life and they, for everything that they regret, they get to like redo that part of it. And like the person slowly understanding, like no matter what their life there's so many different outcomes, but they would have learned the same lessons. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a good book. It just made me think of that. Um, yeah, I love the sound of it. I'm going to yeah. hit that up. <laughs> it's really it's really popular right now. It's like all over social media. But if I got the name wrong, I'll send you the message. But um, yeah, it's yes. cool. I'll link it in the show notes too. Um, I'm curious then to go back just a tiny bit too when you, when you decided to be like, hey, I'm going to do this full time. Like, were you were you like selling anything on your platform at the time or like, did you just have quite a large following and were you optimizing that or like, no, you're just still kind of, you're, you're working at your job and it was just kind of a fun project on the side. Yeah. A bit of both. I mean, as I said, I was working at a a company where they connected influencers with brands. So I was using the app myself, um, which I made sure was okay with work as long as I wasn't (laughs) doing it on work time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was getting like the odd deal, like the odd sort of, influencer deal through the app um I wasn't making it like you know I wasn't making bank or anything like that but it was a good like supplement income Mm -hmm. and I I don't know it kind of just didn't feel honest and authentic to me to be promoting a bunch of brands like I there were definitely times where I'd promote something that I didn't really fully believe in because influencer marketing was so new so fresh and it was, it was literally money based. Like I was like, oh, cool. I can make money. I can, you know, op- mm. like make money off this platform that I've got. How cool is that? It's so new. Whereas now I have such a different perspective on it because my community is so precious to me that I do not want to be responsible for putting my name on just anything and saying like, yeah, I use this and not actually use it. And then someone using it and being like, that was a shit recommendation. <laughs> like you suck. <laughs> and I mean, not everyone's going to love what I recommend. But I sleep at night knowing that I only recommend things that I use. And I suppose I don't see myself as an influencer whose primary job is to share products that I love and that are changing my life. My primary focus is train with Soph and helping women with their health and fitness journeys. So there is a distinction there. And I would be very stressed personally if my job was reliant upon selling product to people because then... I don't know, I just feel like it does wear away at people's trust because they know, oh, you know, she's making she's making money off this, which I think is fine because it is people's jobs and they will only take 
jobs that they actually believe in. But there's something in the human psychology, I feel, where as soon as we know it's paid, you just lose a little bit of trust because you're kind of like, well, how much were you paid to do this? And I think it's a really interesting conversation to have because I know people say, oh, can you hashtag when something is gifted or like affiliate or whatever and hashtag when it's you've bought it yourself? And I'm kind of like, but why? Because personally, both are the same to me. Anything that I promote, I would Mm. buy myself. I would pay for happily. So I think if people start doing that, it makes people think, oh, well, the stuff that you buy yourself is only the stuff you actually like versus the stuff you're paid to do isn't actually legit. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. And I could see how you could kind of have like pushback in that because I think I don't know, like I'm not as involved in like, I'm nowhere near as involved in this space as you are. And I don't know, like a lot of your friends have, it seems have like quite a large platform too. And do you think so? I don't have friends in that, in that space, like personal friends, but I just mean, I could see how you could like you saying that could be tainted, but it's like, but if people didn't hear what you said earlier of like, no, like I am very precious with my community. I'm not just like a salesperson. You know what I mean? Like everything I do use, I, um, probably bought yourself probably in the past at some point. You know what I mean? So it, it is like a, a tricky thing. I could imagine. I remember even like, um, this is super, I feel, I always feel like weird when I'm like, I remember you posted this one time. Like, I feel like such a creeper, but then I'm like, no, I, I, I genuinely follow. Like if I'm, I'm genuinely interested in your platform. <laughs> Anyways, I saw I you, were, you were like, before you start, I, I believe you like work with Tropica or you had worked with Tropica. And I remember before that you were talking, you would post stories. You'd be like, I'm trying a bunch of protein powders. Like, I'll let you know what I like the most. And it was like, I remember it went on for like a while and it seemed as though you didn't decide to work with that brand until you would tested it out and you genuinely liked it. And like, personally, like when I was in Australia, I used Tropica is an amazing brand. Like I've always been a huge fan of it myself. And so it's like, yeah, I I don't know. And and that's the thing is like, when you do recommend things, I feel like you are quite transparent, but also it's like, yeah, you can definitely tell like now that I've been following your page and a part of that community that you do really um, prioritize that as well, you know? And even like with, with Tropica, I, my contract ended with them, but I still buy their protein. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll DM and be like, oh, do you need some stuff? And I'm like, oh yeah, like it literally happened the other day. And I'm like, I literally just bought some, like, I'm so happy to pay for the product. Sometimes I would just prefer to pay for it because it takes the stress out of like having a post and like mm-hmm. did the post go well, did like, did it make sales for them? Or like, was the content good enough if they approved it? Like that process is tedious and lengthy so if it's your full-time job it's fine but for me it's it's not my main focus so I now have management and the thing that people don't see is how many businesses and brands you say no to because you're not going to come out there and be like oh hey I said no to this brand that wanted to sell me stuff because I don't believe in their (laughs) brand like that I would hate if someone said that about me but like I say no to a lot of brands because I I don't like the product and I'm not going to come out and say that so I'll promote something like once every like one or two months like it's it's just not my main focus yeah that was one of the things I wanted to touch on because you had mentioned it in that podcast you were on recently of just like you wanted to build a platform that wasn't just a place to sell items but like to build a a business you know what I mean and I think that's super interesting especially like being in kind of like the influencer space and like the like the fitness space, you know, I find that that's maybe not as common, but maybe that's just what I've been viewing and things like that. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we, we definitely touched on that. Um, I'm curious too, like, um, 
I had a question here, but I want to kind of maybe extend it a bit. And it was just one of my questions was what advice would you want to give to like upcoming coaches or maybe people that are, um, look, starting their own business? Um, like what would you say to them? But I'm curious, can I add something to it that I actually asked Don and Till, which is, um, if you could go back and tell your younger self something like, what would that be? So I know that's like three questions in one. Is that too much or? <laughs> Can you take no, it on? It. Okay, I sweet. Can take it on. I got this. Um, so I would say for anyone starting out like a business or something like that, um, like I said in the start, mine was so scrappy and I kind of, I'm glad I started back then because now things are so polished and refined and they're shared on social media and it's like a thing to have a business and people think, mm. oh, if I launch, I need to have like get the best graphic designer to design my logo. I need to have like a lit website. I need to have all the copy done. Maybe I need to hire a professional photographer. Like things look really polished and really sexy. And I think people get trapped in that mindset. It it stops people from doing things because that's really overwhelming. Don't be afraid to start. Like I love those, how it started and like where it started. Versus how it's going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that because you see you know, people did start and it like, it looks crap. Like if you don't, I heard this quote and I can't remember who said it, but if you're happy with the first product you launch, you launch too late because Mm. you just need to get shit out there, get feedback and refine. And all the kind of business books that I read say that it's like, you know, just get shit out there quickly and then get feedback from the people you're actually targeting and then refine from there. Obviously have your own vision and don't be totally swayed by what people you know, are asking of you because you only have like a certain bracket of people that you want that are your ideal client. But listen to the people whose opinions are going to shape your business, who you're actually trying to help and just keep iterating because what it starts as isn't going to be the what it looks like at the end. And like, there really isn't an end. Like I'm continuously and ongoing, like making things better and implementing new systems and Like I even look at other people who are far ahead of me and think like, oh man, I'm never going to get there. And I think back to where I started and just remember my own journey. And it's like where I'm at now, I never would have dreamt of that. So I think it's just try and put your, like your, your blinkers on and or whatever they're called and and don't look at what other people are doing. Yeah. Your blinders, that's the word. And just get something out there and just get started and know that you don't need to have it all sorted out now. Like you can have, a direction that you're going to take it and start taking it there. But like we've said, this whole podcast, I've shared my journey and things that have redirected me. Just be really open to that and, you know, be be really aware of what feels good to you. Because I remember when I started, I was stressed about money. So all I was focusing on was making money decisions. Whereas now I'm like, I don't even really look at how much money I've got coming in. And, and I am aware that that is um, a privilege to to not have to stress about that, but I make decisions based on adding value. I always think about my client, what's going to help this girl who I, I can picture myself looking in the mirror, hating myself. What's going to help that girl? Like, what would I want to see back then? And I ask my community, I say like, what, you know, what kind of descriptions do you want for every exercise? Like what's going to help you with that mindset, you're going to have a really successful business eventually and just, you know, be aware that it might take time. And because social media, we see things happen so quickly, like overnight success or whatever, but there's so much more that goes into it and and don't be fooled by what you see on social media because people, I have to remind myself, people try to portray a certain image 
from their own insecurities that you don't realize is actually fake and being in the world and meeting people in the world I can tell you there's just so much shit people do for clout and for image and just remember that that not no one's got shit sorted out they might look like they do and they might look like they have you know they're killing it but a lot of the time people are grinding to get there it's really hard so that answers the first question um, you said there were three, but I, I picked up two. It was like advice and then advice I'd give to myself. Yeah, it was like, I guess it was the same thing I was going to say, like um, coaches or people running, um, like starting a business. But I feel like that what you said is applicable for both. So yeah, maybe two then. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. With coaches, I do get this question a bit because obviously I have like PTs and coaches following me. And again, it's it's similar, but I'll I'll speak specifically specifically to coaches. People think they need to have an app straight away and they need to have like all of their systems down and they need to have coaches working for them and they need to have all their videos filmed. Like, no, you don't. You just need to be able to, to deliver what the client needs. And what the client needs is a program, they need support and they need accountability. And you can do all of that with the most basic shit And then as you start getting money, you reinvest the money back into the business. You look at other options like there are lots of apps out there where you can put videos in. You can film, you know, three videos a week and build on that library. But the only thing that way that you're going to get there is if you actually start and you start learning from that. So don't don't look at what other people are doing and think you need all the fancy bells and whistles because you will get there if that's what you want. But you just need to think what about what the client actually needs. And people say, you know, they're fresh out of getting their cert three, four. My biggest advice would be like, continue to educate, never stop mm-hmm. educating yourself. All you need to know is a little bit more than the client. And that is enough. And if you don't know anything, don't be afraid to say you don't know, because there's nothing worse than someone pretending they know their shit when they don't. I know there's fake it till you make it. There's some things you can fake till you make like confidence because they want a confident coach. But if you don't know something, be like, oh, you know what? I actually don't know enough to like give you the information on that that I'm happy with. I'm going to go do some research, find out and get back to you. Or I'm going to refer you to someone that knows because I can guarantee someone's going to respect you a hell of a lot more if you say that than if you give them some bullshit information that puts them in a shit position. Mm-hmm. Um, third part of the question. <laughs> I feel like you're crushing it, by the way. I just got to say that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, advice I would give to my younger self. I mean, I do wish I started sooner. I do wish my fears didn't hold me back. You know, my lack of self-belief didn't hold me back from starting sooner. And, you know, maybe the business would be in a totally different position than it is now but it's still you know it's doing really well it's killing and I'm in a really exciting position with this next project that I'm working on so I do wish that I started sooner and I do wish I listened to my gut a bit more and Mm. I think this is a really weird one because I find it really hard to listen to my gut I think we all do because we're like is that my gut is that my heart is that my head how do I distinguish between the two but every single time I've gone against that gut feeling or like listened to someone else's advice over mine, I haven't ended up in the best position. And I've kind of, that self-doubt has really directed a lot of decisions I've made. And so now I'm very much like, cool, I'm so able to get other people's opinions and advice and suggestions. 
but I don't have to take them because they're not living my life. They don't understand my circumstance the way, the way I do. They might even know more than me about this topic or about this area, but they're not me and they don't see my vision. Only I see my vision. So you really need to be honest with yourself and make decisions that fit right with you because at the end of the day, you're the one that is responsible for your business and for your life. And if you make decisions based on what other people think you should do, you're not really living an authentic life and you're going to feel friction there. So yeah, that that's um, the end. <laughs> I love it. Main character energy too. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, that's been like a huge one. I feel like the universe has been subtly really trying to hit home to me. It just like, yeah, no, no one else is living this life, but me. And I love the point that you said of like, even if they are, they do know more about the topic and like, obviously, yes, like if it's a doctor or whatever it may be and like use your discretion, but it still doesn't mean that you have to listen to them in that because they don't know you. They don't know your experiences. They haven't lived in your body. And so, um, yeah, you crushed that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. But even on, even on that with um, saying it for the doctor, I mean, I mm-hmm. have endometriosis and I have a lot of people message me saying, oh, I told my doctor I'm worried about my period pains and they've just told me to go on the pill. And it's like, okay, always listen to your doctor, always take their advice on. Yes, they are, you know, the one that knows more in this scenario. But again, like if you're not happy with that answer, you don't just have to stay with that. You can challenge that. You can find another doctor. You can do your research and be like, look, this is really a concern for me. I know my body better than anyone mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not happy with this. So it's, yeah, it's the same thing. I'm glad mm-hmm. you kind of, you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Like quite, and like my dad always would say like question everything. Like even if, if yeah. it is a doctor, it's like, you can go to another doctor, ask them, you know, you, you never know. Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I kind of jumped around on the questions. And so now I want to maybe, maybe loop back to some that I had from the beginning and um, I'll, I'll throw it to you in two parts. Again, I'm curious, what would you say, because we kind of talked about, you've had quite a um, exotic journey. I don't know. That's not, it's a weird word, but like you, you, a lot has happened in your life. And I think that's great. And that's why I want to talk to you. So I'm curious, what would you say were maybe some of the biggest challenges you've had so far? And then to come back around I'm curious what would you say some of the proudest things you've done proudest accomplishments you have so far Uh, when you sent these questions over to review um, just to say you know this is sort of a rough guide of what we might be discussing I thought it was really interesting because I'm not a prep person I don't prepare for interviews or things really I'm a very off the cuff what I'll just say you know depends what mood I'm in and you'll get you might get different answers (laughs) but I love that you know I think that's a strength of mine Um, And it's funny because the only question I felt like I had to think about and write notes for was what are you most proud of? And I think it's a really interesting thing to bring up that I can think of all the challenges and hardship that's happened and reel that off. But for the proud moments, why is that hard? Like, why is it such a hard thing to sit down and be like, oh, what am I proud of? And even when I was thinking through things, I was like, oh, that's not good enough. And like nitpicking what I came up with. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this is a really, I'm really glad you asked that question because it's like something interesting that I'm kind of manifest, like just kind of mulling over at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with the challenges. Um, And I did kind of want to break this down across like business challenges and like personal emotional challenges. Awesome. I I love it. I'm great. Yeah, you're great. Okay. So, I mean, the physical challenges I've had, I'm not sure how much, uh, if you sort of have seen this on my account, but I've shared about it plenty. Um, when I had my endometriosis surgery, I there was a complication with the surgery and 
the surgeon actually punctured my bowel and I almost died. Um, and I, you know, for a week I went home not knowing something bad had happened and I went oh back God. a week later to get the stitches out and the, he was, you know, the gynecologist was like, oh, okay, something's not right. I was like barely breathing, couldn't walk, like wasn't eating. It was very obvious, you know, evident that something had gone wrong and then the general surgeon saw me and was like emergency surgery literally now. And so they found the puncture, they fit, like stitched it up, whatever, patched it up. Um, and then I was in intensive care for like, you know, I was in hospital for a month because then the infection got into the bloodstream. It spread to my lungs. I, I literally almost died. And it's hard for me to even comprehend that because it didn't feel like it at the time. I was 21. It was, you know, it was a huge physical and mental challenge because I was like, you know, thinking I was going to go on a plane to Vietnam and like a, a, a festival, like falls festival for New Year's and stuff. And I couldn't really comprehend what was going on. Um, so that would be, you know, one of the biggest physical challenges I've faced. Um, I suppose like an emotional challenge would be, you know, when I was young and my parents split up, that kind of really affected me. Um, and then I, I've got my little notes. See, this is why I don't do notes because I, I stop and start. Um, I'm curious. Can I ask, because um, my parents yeah. are separated too. I'm curious, like what age was that at? If you're comfortable sharing. Uh, I was 14. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's a, it's a weird time of life to begin with. And then your parents separate and it's like, at least this is what happened to me. It was like, oh, okay, this is really weird now. It's weird. <laughs> weird and, isn't a good you know, word, but I don't yeah, know. I mean, it, it is. Cause like as a kid, there's so much going on and with hindsight as an adult, I can look back at my, like my inner child stuff, you know, I do a lot mm-hmm. of inner child work and I look back and see how informative that was in a lot of behaviors and, values I suppose I have now and it was weird because my parents split up I stayed with my dad and have a really close bond with my dad and my sister lived with my mom so we didn't grow up together Mm. from the ages of you know 15 onwards which you know doesn't really happen with siblings in most kind of normal homes Um, and we're super close like she you know I'm currently at her house now and we live together later on in life but it was a huge challenge and I became a really um angry kid and no one really punished me so I kind of did whatever I wanted and you know they're not good qualities to have as an adult but as a kid it was I guess a coping mechanism I was really avoidant like I didn't like dealing with things so any confrontation uh, you know even now I kind of struggle with but I I lean into it a lot more because I have my adult brain and I'm able to sort of step back and view these things so that was absolutely a challenge for me. And, you know, it still is a challenge, but the the cool thing about hospital was it really brought my parents together Mm. and they now have a really healthy relationship where they're able to be there for us in a non sort of uncomfortable way. So that was one of the silver linings from the hospital situation. Um, I would say one of the other sort of physical and mental challenges would be, you know, just having my body change so much in a public light Mm. can be really hard because and a woman as well as a woman and as a fitness person who has this business that you know does a lot better when I have abs I mean actually Mm. it's doing better now funnily enough um in this self-acceptance stage that I'm in but you know that's been really difficult and you know one of the it's funny one of the biggest challenges I when I think about when I look back on my life is going through breakups. They absolutely, and maybe this is, you know, coming from a broken family or whatever, but my first breakup 
absolutely destroyed me. Like I, I was working in retail. I couldn't show up for work. I went home. I cried for a week. I couldn't do life. I started seeing a psychologist. Like this guy was like trash. Like he was nothing. <laughs> he, was, he was nothing. But it just totally ripped my life from under me and my my values and validation was all dependent on this person. So that they're some of the, you know, the personal challenges um, that I experienced there. Um, Thank you for sharing. Like it's so interesting. And I completely echo the, the breakup thing. Like, I don't, I've never been the person that could like comprehend just like break up and just live, live your life. Three months later, you're good. You're back on the dating scene, anything like that. Like it's to me, it's, it's drastic. And and another thing I just want to add to, like, I just thank you for sharing all that you did. I really appreciate that. Even um, like my parents too, like I'm the same, like I'm super avoidant now after my parents, um, the, the whole divorce thing, I just did an episode about like attachment styles. And so I love that you talked about like your inner child and things like that. It's like these experiences that we've had, we can now look at them with the adult brain and kind of like move through it and suss out what we can learn from it now that we're older. You know what I mean? And, and maybe how it's affected and impacted our journeys now down the road, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And I think that inner child work has become really prevalent. I think, I'm not sure if you've read the book, How to Do the Work by Nicola Perry. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love, I'm almost finished that book, but that's great. And even just seeing a psychologist um, mm-hmm. to be able to look back on those really, you know, being as a kid, they're really informative years and it can be really hard to tap into how that may inform your decisions and your values as an adult. And you know, even becoming aware of it doesn't necessarily change them. It just makes you aware of them and you're able to sort of in the depths of a situation or a reactive moment, you're able to be like, oh, okay, this is probably because, you know, my parents split up and I felt really, um, you know, X, Y, Z about it. And this is a behavior that often comes up when that happens. So yeah, I I totally agree. And I think more conversations about psychologists and mental health. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yes. I love it. Um, yeah, sorry. That was my tangent there. Um, and yeah, if you have anything you want to add to that, or I'm curious, then how do we, what was the proudest accomplishments? I'm I'm curious. Yes. So, um, I didn't touch on business. I I mean, I kind of spoke about business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's always just the fear, you know, in the early days, it's the fear of, am I going to be making enough money to cover myself um is this going to be as successful as I hope it to be is this going to help me you know afford me the lifestyle that I want to lead lead um different challenges at different stages of the business too at the start it was just me um and then following that you know building a team and growing a team and having to figure out contracts and figure out how to mentor people and how to manage people and the best platforms for communication, like all these little things in the back end that people don't chat about. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really know where to get information for that kind of thing. There's always challenges, you know, with like people leaving and then being really stressed because their job, you know, you have to then pick up the slack and take care of their job or like, um, you know, clients that are unhappy and how, to, how you manage that. And those kinds of things are the little things that people don't talk about. I've definitely had challenges where it's been like, I don't know, having to spend a lot of money on, on things that I shouldn't have. Like you get tricked into um, people trying to sell something like some kind of mentorship or whatever it might be mm. and thinking 
need it. And th- this comes back to the gut, the gut, um, listening to your gut and the, the self-belief stuff. But yeah, those, those things, they kind of happen. But um, for, for the proudest things, I'm going to pull up my list again. So one of my, um, you know, I'm obviously super proud of the community that we've built. Like, yes, of course, I'm proud of the business. The business is great, but it's the community and the people who really impact my life day to day because I get messages from them saying like they've, you know, what they've achieved. And it's more so the mindset shifts that, that really light me up because, yeah, okay, they might have achieved their goal weight or whatever, but they're like, oh, but, you know, I'm lifting this much in the gym and I I was afraid to go to the gym and now I love the gym and it's part of my lifestyle. And, oh, I, I ate, ate out this weekend and I felt really good. I made really good decisions that make me feel really happy and I see them connecting with one another and that just like, that fills my cup so much and it, it reminds me, you know, when things are hard and things feel really slow, like, working on this project is taking so long. I'm like, oh my God, is it worth it? And then I get those messages and I'm like, yes, it's, it's absolutely worth it. Cause I, you know, I want to impact as many people as I can with, with my message. Um, some other sort of things. Um, yeah. Creating, building a team is actually really fulfilling because you get to sort of help people step into their power. And I really love you know, the conversations we've had in this podcast about empowering women, it's not just through training, it's to to step into what they're passionate about and go chase their business if that's what they want to do or go get that job that they don't think they're equipped for, like ask for that raise. Like I just really like empowering women. So my business is like all female, which is, you know, not necessarily like a conscious choice. It just happened to be the best applicants for the job, mm-hmm. but we're all really supportive of one another. And I have, you know, a business relationship with them as a boss, but also as a friend, like I kind of step into this mentor role and it's really cool to, to play that role. Um, it's something that I never sort of imagined myself being, and I've somehow managed to become that. So I, I don't take that lightly. And then um, one of the, you know, some of the sort of personal things that I'm proud of is when I moved, you know, I went through another breakup and I moved out on my own in Sydney. And then I went from living with people to living in my own apartment. I just have such joyful memories of, I was so scared if I could afford my own apartment in Sydney, you know, it's so expensive. And I did, and I made it my own little sanctuary. And and I feel really proud about that. And I feel really proud for, it's not necessarily these big things like buying something expensive or whatever because you know anyone can really save for those things it's more the personal work stuff like never quitting on things that I really want to achieve like you know things like my body like okay I really wanted to get lean and so I worked really hard to get there and then I felt feel really proud for then doing this big circle with my mindset to focusing on aesthetics to focusing on health and there are days that I feel like I'm fucking that up and I feel really frustrated, but then I turn it around and I do little things, little habits that I go to bed at night and I'm like, I'm just really proud of myself for not giving up and for doing, you know, getting my steps in and drinking my water and feeling like I'm in a better headspace and relationship with my food. Like that makes me feel so proud. So they're more like the little parts of life versus the huge things. And then just the final thing is I freaking love being an auntie to my nephew, Rio, my sister's son. Like I just, I got back to Melbourne last night and I've just, all I've done is hang out with him and hold him and he hugs me and he's like, 
walking and I just feel so proud to be his auntie because he's just like the coolest kid so that's that's everything (laughs) I love it thank you for sharing like there was so much there and it was so beautiful um I love it and I love the part um I'm just like taking it all in to be honest it was a lot (laughs) no it was it was great I I completely agree with you of like I feel like that's something that I'm like kind of learning on my journey too of like if you want to do it as like accomplishments or success or to me I often think of like happiness like what is true happiness and I really am am digesting that like happiness for me at least is not some big like trip to wherever or like once I accomplish a certain thing like if I want an underlying theme of happiness amongst my life, I realized that you kind of have to look for, it's it's almost like an active choice to look for this happiness in like the little moments of the day, whether it's like going on a walk with my partner or like my coffee. I, I love my coffee. I love my morning routine. I'm very regimented in that way or spending time with my sister. You know what I mean? And and it's acknowledging these moments of like, maybe like gratitude, whatever you, you want to call it, um, that really I feel like make up the majority of our life. And like your life is a majority of just like, not mundane days, but I just mean like that Tuesday, like four months ago, like there's more moments like that than there is like that crazy trip that you took, um, to somewhere wild or whatever it might be. So I I love that you touched on that. I think it was really beautiful. Totally agree. And you know, like those, those big things are good as like timestamps. They're really Mm -hmm. good for you to think back and be like, Oh, I remember that trip, but it's not like that trip was everything. It's like, Oh, that trip, when I was in Greece with my dad and we were riding motorbikes around the island and we didn't book any accommodation and we were struggling to find a place. Like I remember this, they're good to remind you of those kinds of stories that are the moments that make up the joy. And I, I totally agree. And I, you know, you hear people say it all the time, like find joy in the little things. And I feel like it can be really frustrating because you're like, well, what I'm just living, you know, I'm just living my life and working and like having my coffee and like going for a walk, whatever. But it's like when you do start achieving really big things that people tend to acknowledge as achievements and success, it can feel really empty, even Mm. if it's totally aligned. You know, like when I launched the app, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like I cried. I was so happy. But that wasn't like the huge reward. The huge reward was three months down the track when women were joining and getting results. And then every single day I have messages that you know, people say how much they're loving it and how much it's changed their life and lives. And that's the reward. And then the other reward is the fact that I get to live this life where I can just move to Sydney if I want to. I can just go to the beach. I can go to the gym at 10 o'clock. Like I've literally created this lifestyle that I dream of. And again, I'm so privileged and lucky to do that, but it's also a combination of like a shitload of hard work. Yeah. I was going to say, (laughs) you also work hard to do that as well. And you've done the internal and external work for that too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Did I cut you off? There? No, I mean, yeah. I was kind of done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I, maybe I'm taking this a completely different direction, but like also to another thing I want to add to that is um, I was listening to this podcast. I think it was like a year ago and it just completely like, I don't know, maybe I'd heard it before, but for some reason I needed to hear that moment of just like, say this moment in your life. Like for me, I, I'm like moving more towards like career wise, something that like I'm interested in right now. The podcast is not even like a part of my career. It's just an interest and in I love it. I wish I can do more of it, but I mean, job wise, when I make money to pay my rent, I'm finally in a job that I actually enjoy. And I feel as though it's providing skills for me and like parts of my life that I'm actually interested in rather than just like a place to work. But 
back that that's taken me 20, almost 24 years, but back, I've had every job under the freaking sun. I really think I have. And I would always think like, Oh, once I'm doing X, Y, Z, or once I'm able to work full-time by myself, or once I'm able to do this, life will be easier. Once I get over this one problem or this breakup, whatever it may be. But the thing is, is like life, there's always problems. And like my brother says, more money, more problems. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's more a matter of like, I don't know why I said it like that. He doesn't say it like that. Anyway. <laughs> I hope he does. My brother, my brother is going to be like, the fuck? Anywho. Uh, um, but it's just like, problems are always going to be there. We're always going to have issues or we're always going to have hard moments in our life. But I guess it's also too like more a matter of like, how do we... And I think that adds to this piece of like finding the happiness in the day or like the little things like the cliche that you said, I think cliches are cliches for a reason, you know? And so, um, it's learning how to deal with those, those hard moments that we have too, that really shift things as well. Yeah, definitely. Like you think back to all of the most important and valuable lessons you've learned in life. They've never been from like that great day at the beach. Like you don't come home and be like, whoa, I really like my life changed from that glorious day in the sun. It's like, cool. I went through like the shittiest breakup and had to like rebuild myself. And, you know, I don't seek challenges because, you know, challenge for a reason, but I do definitely do little things day to day that put me out of my comfort zone that train my mindset. Like I have an ice cold shower every single day. And that's like one way that I'm like, okay, this is going to be really hard. But if I do this, I'm continuously showing myself that I can do the hard things. And mm-hmm. it's like the same with training. But those are the challenges, you know, they that's why doing this, you know, the questions, the challenges stand out more because they're more pivotal to the kind of person you become. The kind of person you become is, you know, that's you for life. Like they're the things that that's what you have forever. You don't have accomplishments forever. They're very fleeting because they occur and then they're over and then, you know, you reap whatever reward, but then growth. Another is, one. Yeah. And, and but, growth yeah. is that it's continuously ongoing. So there's going to be more and more and more. Nothing hits like your first, your first ones though. Like I think back to when the business started and it's like first time hitting however many clients, first time hitting however many dollars, after that, it's kind of like, cool, now I just have to maintain this momentum. It's not, doesn't hit as much as the first time. So those first times to anyone out there that's just starting, like relish the fuck out of those. <laughs> I love it. Even like this apartment, this is my first apartment, like that I got by myself. I've always lived with other people. And so like, I never want to leave here because I, like, I know it's not going to be the same, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. So considering your platform, I was just looking at your Instagram or sorry, your YouTube, you have like 65,000 subscribers. Your Instagram seems to be like your main hub. It's like, what, 350,000 people following your page. So as much as I know that there's nothing but positivity and community, like how do you handle, and I don't want to direct it at like maybe the hate comments because I think it'd be more beneficial for listeners, at least someone like me, who's just like an average person of like, how do you deal with maybe people that have differing opinions than yourself? and really kind of like verbalize that in the start I found it really hard like anything any change is you know hard for people to adapt to but in the start I found it really hard because I didn't really believe in what I was putting out there like I was Mm. kind of just putting stuff out because I'm like oh I heard this from this person so I'm just gonna like use it to share and there's the stress and pressure of consistently showing up on social media and being like I don't have anything to talk about I'm just gonna like say this 
And same goes for, you know, the products that I was promoting being like, oh, I'll just promote it for money. As soon as you do shit that doesn't really align with your values, then you are going to be more susceptible to feeling shit for, you know, people not, you know, having the same opinion as you or like calling you out. And it goes with the territory, you know, anything in life we do, we're going to have people that have differing opinions on it. And if you are aligned with that choice and decision and caption or content that you're putting out there, it's not going to hurt you as much. And the first time is, you know, it'll challenge you and you might want to defend yourself. But so much of the inner work I've done has just really removed my personal self from what anyone, what crap anyone has to say. And I kind of went through a big transition this year with it from a physical perspective because I have gained weight and people, you know, they love to come at you with that. And I was feeling really shit about it at the start of this year. So it really did get under my skin. And one thing that really helped me was like, I, it felt so personal and I know everyone's like, Oh, this person doesn't know you. It doesn't matter. Like they're probably just a keyboard warrior, but sometimes it would come from people. I'd check their profile and see, oh, this person looks like, you know, they've got a life and they've got it together and they might, their opinion might be valid. Mm. But I started seeing, you don't really see hate on people's profiles unless they call it out and share it. So you're like, you don't really go through comments on other people's pages and go, oh, do they get hate? And so I, I kind of started to become aware of that and seeing like other accounts, maybe I was just more like, picking up on it more because I was thinking about it, but I saw other accounts getting it. And I was like, hang on, this isn't just me. Like, I know it sounds so obvious, but I was like, everyone on Instagram, no matter what they look like, is copying some kind of negative comment about what what they look like. Like, it's never going to be enough to please every single bot, like person. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that just took so much pressure off myself that I was putting on myself. And it was very much my own projection of being like, oh my God, they think like I'm fat. Oh my God, I am. Therefore I'm like the worst person. Whereas now I'm like, I actually don't care what you think about me. Like you don't have any idea of my backstory. You're clearly just making this comment. You're probably making this comment on several people's pages. And for some reason that just took the pressure off. And and now I just see these comments and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe if I'm having a bad body day which I you know still have um it might get in a bit deeper but I just get off my phone and I'm like whatever I'll just block and delete like get out of my space this is my page I get to control like what stays on here and what doesn't and I can just block you and be done with it like I'm not going to waste my energy thinking about this or giving this more time than I need to and it's easier said than done and it's like I said it's been a journey I've been on this whole year but I'm at a place where I feel really able and capable to handle any criticism that comes my way and again I don't come out there and and put things out there that I just don't believe in because if I do of course I'm going to feel shit if people call me out like if I started promoting a skinny tea because they offered me a million bucks like surely that'd be hard to say no to but I have so much integrity that I would say no to that but if I you know if I did do it yeah, I would feel really shit if people had something to say about it because, like, goodbye brand, goodbye trust, goodbye everything you've built for the last seven years. It's it's a super interesting perspective. And I, I love that point of, like, looking – I've never really heard 
because I, I like listen to other podcasts and things like that. And people ask that question often. I've never really heard that of like looking, it's almost like a humanity or like community thing. It's like, oh, like even just other people going through something, unfortunately, it's like shitty comments being thrown your way, but um, you can almost find comfort in it. I, 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 it's, I think it's, it's interesting. Because, yeah. And it's not like, oh, good. They're getting hate. It's just yeah, like, no, no, no. I agree. Compare, we compare, pos- we compare someone's best life to our life, mm. but we don't compare someone who's also copying shit for living their best life to us copying shit for living our lives. So it's like, just be aware that it's not super personal. And whilst you do put, like, I put so much of myself on that profile, it can feel personal. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just not, they're literally just commenting the same shit on other people's pages or someone else is doing it. The bigger you get, the more like exposure you're going to get and the more freaks you're going to get. And I really think with reels, um, it is bringing in a lot of a lot more people. You're getting exposed to a lot more people than usual because they're really pushing the feature. So you are getting a lot of a lot more freaks coming out of the woodwork that are just coming at you. So you just kind of have to laugh. Like it's, I mean, it's not easy, but you're just like not nah, by and no. Nah. <laughs> I I also want to say like I love when you like blow people up on it. Like, and I mean that but like you call people out and it's like you have every right to they're invading or like they're saying inappropriate things you're allowed to be like hey I I don't know I think you've done at least like from what I've seen you've done a very good job at I personally just like on a also just like holistic note in general I feel like you've done a very good job with the platform that you have because with what is it great power comes great responsibility and I just gotta say I feel as though you were very strongly using that in that way otherwise I wouldn't want to talk to you, et cetera. Like I wouldn't be following you, you know? So I just want to commend you on that. Cause I could imagine just even just, just being on that platform and having that following that in itself would be crazy enough. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. And you know, what's really cool. I feel like now that I'm on TikTok and seeing a lot of stuff over there in the Gen Z is like, I love Gen Z so much. I think they're, they're coming up with, you know, I'll, I'll get hate on a TikTok and I just laugh at it. But these people that don't know me jump in and they just slam these people. Like <laughs> they shut down so much negativity. I feel like Gen Z are really like, they're really clever and they're really, um, I don't know, like forward thinkers and they're exposed to so much content that they're able to get access to ideas that we maybe didn't have or I didn't have when I was kind of growing up. So they're just smarter with how they go about things. And they're like, you know what? We call people out when they're giving someone shit for their looks because we're not okay with that. And TikTok's really supportive. Like YouTube is savage. Instagram's pretty, you know, pretty bad. But TikTok's, you know, of course there are still negative comments and I still get them. But like the community jumps in and like supports me. And I haven't even been there for a long time to kind of foster a community vibe. They're just like, not here, mate, not today. We're shutting this down. And I just, I just, I just love Gen Z. They're I love really that. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I think that's so great. It makes me like optimistic about social media and things yeah. like that. <laughs> um, okay. The, the last question I'll throw at you, it's a bit of a lighter one and, and a quicker one. Um, I'm a book nerd and like we've talked about books throughout this conversation. So I'm curious, what have been some books? I know this is probably a hard question. It'd be a hard question for me, but what are some books that have really impacted you and your life? All right. So Atomic Habits by James Clear. Like, I think that was probably one of the first, if we call it self-development books, um, it was like one of the first that I really read and 
really resonated with me. I listened to it on audio and then I bought it because it, it refers a lot of like graphs and stuff in it. Um, it really just, it was the first time I'd been exposed to this idea of tiny habits each day lead to a bigger result versus focusing on that big result and feeling overwhelmed by it and having to take massive action every day. It's like, no, just a small thing um, every single day, chipping away at it will get you there. And I love James Clear's emails. Like I feel like he's, um, yeah, he's he just articulates it really well. So Atomic Habits is something that I always, you know, recommend my clients read as well. Um, I mentioned How to Do the Work by Nicola Pera. That's about, you know, inner child. We've all got an inner child and different sort of things we've been exposed to. So it's just really good to become aware of um, your mindset and why you maybe make certain decisions and how that's been affected, you know, influenced by your childhood experiences. Untamed by Glennon Doyle, I really enjoyed. Uh, the Obstacle is the Way. I'm a huge Ryan Holiday fan. So The Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, and The Daily Stoic are my sort of three favourites of his. And it took me a long time to finally read it, but The Alchemist, um, I'm actually really interested in the author's life because, you know, he came from this like really small town and was just like a nobody and wrote this book that and he did everything like all the kind of cool stories you hear about people becoming really successful. He was like nothing, nobody, and then just chipped away and it just, it started building momentum. And then now it's, you know, one of the most read popular books out there and it's always like on the charts and everything. And yeah, that whole, that whole book is just, it's a very short book, but it just, it really impacted. I read it this year and it just really impacted me in a really, positive way it's a really thought-provoking book um and I kind of predicted what I thought was going to happen in the book and it didn't happen that way and I really like being surprised with (laughs) reading and like yourself you know I don't really read um fiction but I feel like I've been reading heaps of business books lately I go through phases of being like all I want to read is business books or all I want to read is self-development books or all I want to do is like nutrition and training and then recently it's like I can't switch off my freaking brain and there's only so much I can absorb. So sometimes you just need to read good old fiction books. So I really am going to get that recommendation from you and buy that. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of it um, after. I hope I got the title right. Um, I also find that because I'm the same, like I, I don't read much fiction. I, I mentioned that. But I find that when a fiction such as like um, The Alchemist, when they can have this like underlying message that maybe a self-development book is doing it just hits so much harder and like to me I'm not I wouldn't say I'm like a super creative person but I know that that could be used under discretion I have like an art therapist as a friend and she's like very much would hate if I said that but anyways um but I I don't know I just I really admire people that can write fiction and then just have like such an amazing storyline and message to it that comes like so subtly but then all of a sudden you're like whoa like let me question my whole life right now I think that's just so powerful for sure I I love all of your recommendations I'm gonna I'll put all of them in the show notes too if you didn't catch them or etc yeah awesome okay so like uh thank you for letting me ask you a million one questions that were kind of all over the place (laughs) this was such an amazing conversation like it went I, I didn't really, I didn't know what to expect, but um, I just got to say like it exceeded my expectations. But I mean that in a good way, like you're just such a 
cool person. Like you're just, you're just so chill and so wise. So thank you for, for joining me. Um, and the last thing we'll say, um, if people want to, uh, join train with Soph, they want to follow you. Can you just quickly run off your, where you can be found on the internet? Yes. Yeah, so Instagram is Sophie Allen, S O P H E A double Allen. How my mom used to shorten my name, um, train dot with Soph. And then I think I'm Soph Active Life on YouTube, which is my old handle. Um, and just, yeah, trainwithsoph.com and then you know, get ready for the rebrand. We've kind of, we've mentioned the word a lot um, in our conversation today. And it's kind of like a play on one of the words. So if people can guess it. <laughs> I'm like trying to think that I'm going to, when I edit, I'll, I'm going to like send you a message after. I, I think yeah. I'll, now that I will like look for it. Oh, yeah. I'm so it's, it's, it's cool. I'm, re- I'm really excited about the name and like the colors and like what it represents. So big things coming. Do you have a time frame that you can share or no? Um, hopefully September. Okay. It was meant to be June, but like it's June now and like it's not, it's not That's happening. <laughs> Good things happen to those who wait. I'm, I'm so, I'm curious. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah. So thank you so much for your time. It was, it was such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. What an episode. I hope that you have left feeling as inspired as I know I have. As always, I want to take a moment to say another thank you to Sophie once again for taking time out of her day to come on the podcast and have such an honest and vulnerable conversation with me. It truly meant a lot. Additionally, I want to take this time to say a huge thank you to you, the listener, for providing me with your two most valuable resources, which is your time and your attention. The quote I want to leave with you today is short and sweet, and it is from Matt Diavella. Your biggest mistakes won't be your failures. It will be the shots you never took. All right, my friends, that is all that I have for you in today's episode. I look forward to connecting with you in the next one. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.